Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole. This is the completely improvised podcast where I am alone with a microphone and I go down the rabbit hole of my own mind to find out what characters and stories I can find. I use a random word from a random word generator as a starting point and today's random word is mosquito. We're going down the rabbit hole. We're going down the rabbit hole. Here we go. Well, gosh, Montgomery, it's frightfully hot out here and sticky. This this swamp gets more foreboding by the day. That it does. That it does, Willoughby. But we are the first Englishmen to ever set foot in these parts, and that is reason for celebration. Jeeves! Yes, sir. Could you get me a couple of gin and tonics, and, um, and a couple for Willoughby as well? Of course, sir. Oh, heavens, it's frightfully early for the, the G&Ts, Montgomery. Don't you think it's a little bit, uh, little bit early in the tooth for uh, sucking back some of the old GZTZs, wouldn't you say? Uh, well, ordinarily, I, well, I, I, I might say I'm, I'm sort of, I'm not, not one to shy away from a morning constitutional beverage, but in this case, Willoughby, it's completely medicinal. You see, the secret ingredient in this G&T, the magical quality that it possesses, somehow wards off the dangerous sting of the mosquito. Ooh, dangerous, you say? Well, never been that scared of mosquitoes, Montgomery. I just give them a right old whack on their head and they explode in a bloody mess and I summoned my valet to come and clean it all up and I'm, I'm all the better for the experience, Montgomery. I've n- never been afraid of a mosquito. Well, you should be, Willoughby. In these parts, these not ordinary mosquitoes, I tell you. One wayward bite from these bloodthirsty monsters, and you'll be staring into the eyes of the Reaper. Really? What makes them so deadly? They carry some sort of fatal pathogen. I don't know the science behind it, Willoughby, and I don't care to. All I know is that a couple of bracing G&Ts every hour upon the hour... And I seem to have fought off any attempts of the mosquito to strike me down. Oh, well. Well, if you say it's, uh, it's the only way to thwart these miniature um, mutants, then oh, well, I'd better bloody well drink them, even though my mother and father would think poorly of me. Sir, here are two G&Ts for you. And, of course, two G&Ts for your friend. Heavens above, Jeeves! Well, you've taken to summarizing beverages now. I mean, it's all right for me to say G&T and for my friend here to say GZTZs. We can say whatever the blast we want. But I expect you, Jeeves, when you serve me a drink, to give it its full name, as is customary and and proper. Now, take them back, put them back on the tray, and serve them again. Call them gin and tonics, you darn fool. I apologize, sir, I'm feeling a little light-headed and was only hoping to save time. You see, I unfortunately this morning woke with a couple of those blasted mosquitoes. And they were sucking me dry. And though the lack of blood is surely making me light-headed, I fear 
that in turn they also filled me with their own noxious venom, and I'm not long for this world. Well, then you'd better bloody well serve us our drinks and give them their proper title before you pass away, otherwise you'll, you'll die unfulfilled, Jeeves, and then you'll be forced to walk the earth, an unfulfilled wraith, forever stuck in the swamps and craving a way to just give corporeal sound to the words that you will forever whisper into the unknown. And people will stare at your ghostly lips and say, what's he, what's he saying? What's he saying? Is he saying, June is tipsy? I think he's saying June is tipsy. Well, I don't know any June. I know a June, Montgomery. I, I certainly do. And she is prone to a, a tipple from time to time. I, just last month we were out at the uh, out of the uh, oh, let's see, the, the the club the elephant and the elephant and sow <laughs> that's where we were i mean i don't normally go there but i just purchased it so i wanted to see how the establishment ran and i tell you the june she was she was getting well plastered unlike the walls of the elephant and sow which are sadly in desperate need of some plastering so here are your drinks the gin Yes, the gin, and don't don't die before you say it, Jeeves. You'll be honestly an eternity. John, gin and ton. Oh, it's quite the it's quite the mystery, isn't it? What could it be? The gin and ton, the gin and ton. I mean, it could be the gin and tonton, ah, uh, but I doubt it. I doubt it's that. But imagine if it was. It. Gin and Tony. He's almost there. One more. One more sound. You just need to force your mouth into one more sound. And then you can die for Phil Jeeves. Just do it. Just force your mouth. Good Lord, man. You're one of the best butlers I've ever had. Don't let this be. A life lived in vain, Jeeves. Just form that final. Jeeves. Jeeves. Oh, he's gone, man. Look at him. He's, his eyes are lifeless. And his, uh, his, his hands have gone limp, and yet he's still, even in his, even in his death throes, he's managed to keep the, the tray aloft. He didn't drop the drinks. Well, well I'm, not, I'm not drinking the drinks, because they haven't been properly announced. All right? I'm not drinking a gin and tonie. A gin and tonie. I mean, that could be anything. That's not even guaranteed to ward off the evil bite of a mosquito. I mean, no one says, oh, the, here's the medicinal medicinal qualities of a gin and tonie. No, I won't have a tip amount. Well, heavens above, Montgomery, I'm, I'm not a drink tipper. I mean, surely you've got someone on staff for tipping out the drinks. I, I did, Willoughby. I did, but sadly, each one of them has... Fallen foul of the mosquito. We're the only ones left, Willoughby. It's just you and me out here. And there's nothing left to protect us. Because I'm not pouring drinks. Well, I'm, I'm a guest here. It would be, be improper for me to pour the drinks, Montgomery. I mean, we're really stuck in a pickle, aren't we? They, they're coming. Well, it's... It's not the worst way to go, though, is it? Rabbit hole.
You slapped me, Beverly. Why, yes, I did, Thornton. Why, I thought you'd be happy to see me. Did you now? Well, it's been ten years since you walked out of here, promising that you'd be back, and that you'd always love me. I wasn't lying, Beverly. I have always loved you. Not a night went by out there where I wasn't thinking about you. And yet, you didn't write. You didn't call. I thought you were dead, Thornton. I thought you was dead. And in many ways I was, Beverly. I was dead on the inside. The further I got away from you, the harder it got to remember who I was and what I was even trying to accomplish. What were you trying to accomplish, Thornton? Why'd you have to leave? You know damn well that your daddy wouldn't have ever let me marry you, Beverly. I had nothing. I didn't have two cents to rub together and my name was dirt in this town. What do I care, Thornton? What do I care about names and pennies? All I cared about was you. All I wanted was you. And you walked out of here and you left me dreaming of the day you'd come back, but... My heart started to break in ways I couldn't patch it back together, Thornton. I'm only... I'm I'm only capable of so much forgiveness. Oh, Beverly, can't you reach down into your forgiveness cupboard and find a little extra store of forgiveness there to spend on me? Why should I, Thornton? Why should I? Don't you want to know why I came back? Don't you want to know what's brought me back here? Traveling with no shoes over the mountains, getting bloody feet and weary bones? Is it because you're desperate to find someone to take you in? Because you tried to make your way in the world and found that the world didn't want you and that no one in this world would ever want you the way that I wanted you way back when and that All the oaths you've made and broken have left you broken. No, Beverly. It's because I did it. I succeeded. I went out there into the world and I started with nothing. And I built myself up. That's right. I started selling pitchforks door to door. And then I started improving on those pitchforks. And I started adding to them. But soon I had pitchforks with all sorts of optional extras that you could just fold on out well it wasn't just a pitchfork if you needed like other garden equipment like a shovel or a hoe why you could just fold any of them out whenever you needed them wasn't just one piece of garden equipment it was all garden equipment in one easy versatile piece of brilliance well i made my fortune honey bell i made my absolute mind-boggling fortune Then I lost it. That's right. I gambled it all at the casino of life. That's what it was called. It was an actual casino. And I went in there and I thought, all I need is to double what I got and I can head on back. So I bet it all on red because I remembered your beautiful red lips when we first kissed on that warm July night. God damn it. 
It came up red. Your lips made me richer than I ever thought possible. I grabbed my chips and I ran out of there, hooting and hollering, and I started on my way all the way back here. And I'd been traveling for a day, and I tried to pay for my accommodation with some of my chips. And they said, no, no, you're supposed to trade in your casino chips at the casino, and they give you real money back. These chips are only useful in inside of that casino. They, they're useless out here. And I went, oh, well, that makes sense. I was just so excited about winning all that money that I just wanted to get back here as soon as possible. So I traveled all the way back to the casino. But when I got there, when I got there, Beverly, that casino had burned to the ground. All there was was a pile of ashes. And... That's where my hopes and dreams lay, too, in that smoldering pile of ashes, because I knew that even though I had a fortune in casino chips, they were worthless in real life, and without that casino to turn those chips into money, why, I was right back where I started from, with nothing. But then I realized, why did this casino burn to the ground? If only there'd been some sort of operational fire department that had some sort of easy access to water that could have driven a water supply out here to spray this casino with water to douse that fire before all my hopes and dreams had gone up in flames. Why, well, surely that could be an easy, manageable thing. And so I got to work straight away, Beverly. I got to work on a truck that has lots of water in it and you can pump the water onto the fire and maybe we'll save a few other people from suffering the fate that I suffered. I started telling people about my idea and showing them my drawings and pretty soon well, I made my fortune all over again. People were clamoring for my newfangled fire engine. They said this is going to revolutionize the way that we tackle fires because at the moment we got the chain of people with the buckets and sure it brings the community together but in the end a lot of people are losing a lot of property and life because of these fires getting out of control. The the bucket chain is only is only so successful. And I tell you, when I first saw my fire engine come to life and fight its first fire, well, I cried real tears. And then I used those tears to help put out the fire as well. Motions can be a powerful thing. And then I Avowed this time, you only need to be so rich. You don't need to be mind-boggling rich before you head back to Beverly. And so I took the money that I had and I started right back here. And I didn't stop walking till I got here. I didn't want to make any more stupid mistakes, Beverly. I didn't want anything to come between you and me. Oh, Thornton. Thornton, that's the most magical story I've ever heard. It's so... Full of bravery and stupidity. But Thornton, you're, you're too late. What do you mean, Beverly? Oh, don't tell me that you have found love with another. Oh, please don't say that's true. No. No, Thornton, I, I never did find love with another, but... But I died, my love. I died. Over there, see? That's where my house used to be, remember? Now it's nothing but ashes burnt to the ground. The bucket chain, the bucket chain was too slow and inefficient to to save my life, my love. Oh, the irony. Oh, the bitter, bitter irony. No, Beverly. You're, you're gone. You're, 
You're nothing but a spirit now, but how did you slap me, my love? How did you, how did you strike me so firmly across the face if you are not made of real stuff? Well, I begged the powers that be when they condemned me to walk this earth that if I ever saw you again, they would grant me one last brief physical act so that I might hug you or kiss you or, or indeed slap you. Oh, and Thornton, I wasted my last physical contact with you on a slap. Oh, Beverly, I don't blame you. Ah, uh, I wish I'd never left you. I wish I'd stayed by your side in poverty. And maybe I would have found a way here to, to dig myself out of the hole that I was in. Oh, powers that be. Oh, powers that be, please take pity on me. I will... Do whatever you ask, if you please. Please give me a do-over. Grant me one last physical act with this man that has occupied all of my waking thoughts while I was alive and has been the pure focus of my afterlife. Please, powers that be. Very well. You are granted one last physical act. Use it wisely. Oh, thank you, powers that be. Oh, thank you. Oh, Beverly, here we are, the two of us, and we can touch one last time. Yes, Thornton, and we must not rush it. I have an eternity to be, to be a, a wraith, condemned to never touch anyone again. And so this one last brief touch with you... Well, I want to make sure it stays in my memory for all eternity. Yes, Beverly. Oh, hold still, my love. No, Beverly. Oh, dang, Nabbit. Rabbit hole. That was the rabbit hole. We went down the rabbit hole. See you soon.